to NeuroPodcases, a neuroscience podcast created for medical students. To get the most out of this episode, we recommend downloading the supplementary case notes which are available on Vital. Here you'll find more information about the case, including history, examination and investigation findings. We hope you enjoy listening. Hello, I'm here today with Dr. Smith, consultant neurologist from the Walton Centre in Exhibition Epilepsy. We're going to talk today about an approach to epilepsy and we're going to talk through some slides that will also be available on Vital. By the end of this podcast, you should have some idea about the diagnostic process in epilepsy and also some aspects about the management of epilepsy. This podcast can be used in conjunction with the cases that will also be available. Uh, I, I would say when, when I use the phrase diagnostic process in epilepsy, I mean situations where people have presentations where seizures or epilepsy form part of the differential diagnosis. Um, and, uh, and this is what you'll be doing when you see people with funny terms and blackouts is differentiating seizures from other causes of loss of consciousness or awareness. Um, and one of the ways, uh, one of the things I think you need in order to do that is have a visual image uh, of what happens in different seizure types. So as a link to this uh, podcast, there is a video in which you'll see uh, most of the common seizure types. So we have a definition here. An epileptic seizure is an intermittent, stereotypical usually unprovoked disturbance of consciousness, behaviour, emotion, motor function or sensation that on clinical grounds results from cortical neuronal discharge. So this is a definition you put up here, Dr Smith. So I suppose what what we're saying is that seizures can look look like a number of different things and can encompass a lot of different symptoms. Yes, that's the point. In a population of patients with epilepsy, there are lots of different manifestations. But when you're trying to assess an individual patient who's in front of you and that patient has got their funny terms, what features do you think are important to making the diagnosis in the individual? So I imagine an event being very stereotyped is important when you're looking at um, people's funny terms. That leads me to think that it's more likely to be epileptic yes, that's than anything a, that, else. That's, that, that's, that's a key point. So in the population of patients with epilepsy, lots of different things in the individual, attacks tend to be the same every time. Any other words in that paragraph that you think might be important? Uh, Unprovoked and clinical, are they important words? So unprovoked would be uh, an important word, definitely. Um, uh, Although there are some uh, types of epilepsy where the seizures are provoked by things like sleep deprivation. And clinical is definitely an important word. You make the diagnosis of seizures and epilepsy based on the history you get from the patient and the eyewitness, and any tests that you might do are to refine the diagnosis. So the two key words uh, are stereotypical and clinical, uh, although I would accept unprovoked is also important. And then the definition of epilepsy is a condition in which seizures recur usually spontaneously. So having said that uh, epilepsy is a condition in which seizures recur usually spontaneously, it is possible to have uh, seizures in other circumstances. Uh, What do you think the term acute symptomatic seizure means? So uh, uh, 
provocation causing a seizure, for example, a head injury or a metabolic insult or an infection? Oh, absolutely. An acute symptomatic seizure means that uh, it's been provoked uh, and there are lots of different systemic and cerebral causes of provoked or symptomatic seizures. In children, the commonest would be a febrile seizure and in adults, the commonest would be alcohol or substance misuse. And then, of course, you can have somebody who has a first seizure uh, where there's no obvious cause, and we would call that an unprovoked seizure. But they don't have epilepsy because they've only had one. At, this, at your stage of training, I don't need you to know um, the classification of epilepsy in any detail, uh, but I think it is worthwhile knowing these three terms because you're going to come across them in your reading. So, Sarah, what... If we're talking about somebody with epilepsy, so that's somebody who's got recurrent seizures, mm -hmm. what do you think we mean by an epilepsy being symptomatic? So that there's an underlying lesion, for example, a tumour or an infarct or something? Yeah, absolutely. So a symptomatic epilepsy is one where there's something wrong with the brain and you know what it is. What do you think we mean by a cryptogenic epilepsy? So... Cryptogenic tends to mean that the cause is, is underlying or more hidden, so it might be... So you, you use the word hidden, which is uh, crypt, is from the, the Greek derivation, isn't it, yeah. of, of hidden. So cryptogenic means, or acryptogenic uh, epilepsy means you, you, there's something wrong with the brain, but even with the best available imaging, you can't find it. What do you think idiopathic means then? So... Idiopathic meaning something of itself. So again, that might be again that the imaging is normal, but the underlying cause might be a genetic or something inbuilt with how the brain's been, yeah. how somebody's brain is made. Absolutely. So in, in, in medicine as a whole, we think of the term idiopathic uh, as as equating to being unknown, but in epilepsy, idiopathic is a specific meaning which is presumed to be genetic, even if there isn't a family history. There are particular presentations of different seizure types and EEG findings which suggest a genetic cause. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to touch on now is the, is the classification of uh, seizures. Uh, and and I, I think it best to do this uh, is for you to have a visual image of different seizure types. So you're now going to see a video which lasts about 15 minutes. Uh, it's set in... Uh, what was used to be called an epileptic colony in France. Um, it's, it, we would call it a care home now. A lot of people with learning disability and difficult epilepsy. So in the next 15 minutes, you're going to see uh, a number of different types of seizures. Uh, it's an old video, and so there's one piece of terminology that's not up to date. You'll hear the narrator use the terms uh, simple and complex absence and the currently accepted terms are typical and atypical absence. What I would suggest you do when you're watching this video is look at each seizure type, look at the visual image of the seizure type, and just write down a one-line description so that you can link written information to a visual image. So, uh, Sarah, having seen the video, uh, w w what's the characteristic feature of a simple partial seizure? So if we look at the description of things, simple meaning that someone has retained awareness, so they haven't lost consciousness, and partial meaning only one part of the brain is, is being activated in the seizure. So we're looking at a focal change, whether it's a motor 
a sensation or even a behavioural disturbance, but somebody still has awareness during that event. Absolutely. So it's retention of awareness. So the patient can describe to you exactly what happens in the seizure. Um, and so if, if somebody says that uh, the seizure involves a sensation of deja vu, what, how do you interpret that? So deja vu is a sensation of someone having lived something already. So that can be related to the temporal lobe, um, which can often be a, a site for focal seizures. Yeah, so, so a simple partial seizure or the warning to a complex partial or secondary generalised uh, seizure is useful and it helps you to localise seizure onset. Okay, and so uh, what, what's, a complex, what's the difference between a simple and a complex partial seizure? So it's the loss of awareness. In a complex partial seizure, people, as you said, might have awareness to begin with, but then we'll have a, a period of lost time. And, and, and on the video, you, you'll have seen some of the patients with complex partial seizures making some unusual movements of their hands or their face. What, what, what are those movements called? So automatisms can be fairly easy to overlook. So, think, so fidgeting of the hands, some lip smacking and things that don't necessarily look like the seizures you see on TV. And they're, like auto, they're, they're called automatisms. They're called, they're called automatisms. Um, do you think uh, that you need a warning for a secondary generalised tonic-clonic seizure? No, I think the warning can be so brief and the, the amnesia around the event of the tonic-clonic might encompass that, that warning period as well. So I wouldn't be put off calling something a secondary generalised seizure if, if there was no clear warning beforehand. Uh, absolutely. The presence of a warning followed by a tonic-clonic seizure means it must be secondary generalised, but the absence of a warning means it could be either primary or secondary. Frontal lobe seizures in particular will generalise quickly and there may be no warning at all. Um, if we go to the generalised onset seizures, uh, and you'll, you'll remember there was a, a little girl uh, who was playing with, um, playing with a penny, uh, and uh, she, she had, uh, what kind of seizure did she have when she switched off? So that would be an absence seizure? That would be what kind of absence? A typical absence. Yeah, that would be a typical absence. Who tends to get typical absence seizures? So young young people generally, so I'd say under 16, would that be fair? Or? Uh, well, um, so in childhood absence, the seizures start below the age of 10, and in juvenile absence epilepsy, they start in the teens. So uh, certainly uh, children, adolescents and young people. And that, in fact, applies to all the generalised onset seizures. Uh, can you think of a, a, a term uh, to describe tonic and atonic uh, seizures, single term? Oh, so drop attack. Yeah, they, yeah. So, so sometimes they're called drop attacks. So in a, in a tonic seizure, the, the patient will stiffen and fall backwards. In an atonic seizure, they'll, they'll lose muscle tone and flop forwards and often fall onto their face. And... And these seizure types often result in injury, so we, we, can, we, yeah. can, we can come to that later. Okay. Okay. So, um, so this slide uh, is just a bit of a, a summary of the partial or focal onset seizures. These can uh, happen any time of life, from from neonates to the elderly, and in fact, uh, as we'll discuss uh, in other podcasts, seizures starting beyond the mid twenties are almost always partial and onset. Uh, they usually have an aura which reflects seizure on origin and spread, but they don't have to have a warning. Uh, 
Um, we, we know the definitions uh, of simple and complex partial, the difference being uh, awareness being retained uh, in simple partial. Uh, one of the patterns that you commonly see in, in patients with partial onset seizures is called clustering. So the patients may have uh, 10 attacks over a two-day period and then none for another two weeks uh, and then eight uh, in, in a day and then none for another couple of weeks. Uh, and, and in some women, the seizures tend to cluster in the premenstrual week. Generalised uh, onset seizures, in contrast, are, are age-related phenomena. They always start in childhood, adolescence and young adults. Uh, one of the consultants at the Walton Centre did, uh, did his MD thesis on generalised onset seizures, and he had 900 patients, only 1% of whom uh, their epilepsy started beyond the uh, uh, older than the age of 20. They're characterised by the absence of a warning with an abrupt loss of consciousness with the exception of myoclonus, where consciousness can be retained at least initially. There are two groups of people who get generalised onset seizures. Uh, those with the genetically determined or idiopathic generalised epilepsy have a structurally normal brain and they will tend to get typical absences, myoclonus, uh, and primary generalised tonic-clonic seizures, or some combination thereof. And the other group is those uh, people with diffusely abnormal, structurally damaged brains. They have symptomatic generalised epilepsy. They get all the different seizure types. The epilepsy tends to be difficult to control, and they also have learning difficulties and behavioural problems. Uh, and the typical pattern we see in generalised onset seizures is that although they can happen at any time of day or night, they'll characteristically happen soon after waking. So to summarise this section, seizures and epilepsy are not the same thing. So you can, anyone can have a seizure given uh, a certain systemic or cerebral disturbances, and those are called acute systemic seizures. If we come to... Uh, uh, patients with epilepsy, uh, there are lots of different seizure manifestations in the population of patients with epilepsy, but in an individual the attacks tend to be stereotyped and that's a key factor in, in making a diagnosis. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Look out for more podcast episodes coming out shortly.